Be seated. Thanks, Brian. All right, I'm going to have to talk fast today. It was an incredible blessing to hear um, what's going on. I mean, some of them are struggles, obviously, but it's so good to hear what's going on in the church and be together to worship as the church. Um, Everybody tells me that I preach really fast when I preach, so today is going to be perfect. Here we go. Um, when I started to think about uh, our mission trip, actually, for the, for the summer with the high school students, I, I, I normally try to come up with a theme and a scripture to go along with it, and, uh, and my theme, um, after some prayer time, came to me, and it was, it was this theme that we have today for our scripture message, and um, it is, serve big, go home, serve big. I thought about that for a while, and I, this is, it's a great one for us to, to work, and I'm going to explain that a little more in depth today, but I, I decided that, and the group that we were going to serve with, it's called Center for Student Missions, uh, sent me a packet, a leader's packet, um, and when they sent that packet, this is a couple of days after I had decided to, uh, to have this as our theme, this was the... Um, this was what they had on there. So I kind of assumed maybe I was on the right track with that. So I'm going to share a little bit about what that means to me and, uh, and, and where it's kind of taken me over this summer um, today. So if you would pray with me one more time. God, thank you that you are here. Thank you that we can worship you in so many forms, from hearing of your word, the stories of what's going on in our lives, to prayer for people, to the music. God, we pray uh, that we would continue our worship to you as we learn and, uh, and we go in-depth with you, God. I pray that there would be something for everyone today from your word and your truth. God, help me to be your vessel. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So serve big is the, obviously the first part of this. And uh, serve big, it's, it's easy for us, this is kind of the idea behind that first piece, is that it's easy for us, at least for me, to go on a mission trip somewhere and to serve big. You know, we get excited about that opportunity. To, we hear about Guatemala, and, and it, it stirs something in us that, wow, that's an amazing thing. They're coming back. They're going to tell us the stories. Um, I've been to Belize, and I, I, I've served there. I went to Mexico, several different places in Mexico, and served um, from building houses to, um, to doing vacation Bible school and, and church services. Um, I've gone to San Francisco, L.A., and New York uh, to, uh, to serve in soup kitchens, um, street witnessing and praying. And all of those things, I don't say them to, to, to boast in any way. Really what it is is to say, those are the easy ones for me. I love to go there, and it, it's so easy for me to serve in those. Some of, for some of us, that place that's easy to serve, that's the serve big place, it, it might be Sunday morning. It might be here at church, Sunday morning. Man, that is an easy place for me to serve, and I love doing that. Um, Another place that it might be, I think of VBS. We just had VBS. How many volunteers and how many kids were here? Just an amazing opportunity to serve God. And everybody, after each day, I'm sure, is drained. But what a wonderful draining that we're giving to the Lord in that, in that way. And, uh, and that's one of those places where it's kind of easy for us um, to serve. For the most part, when we're kind of, and again, I was thinking from, from my experience, but for the most part, when we have that opportunity to serve somewhere away from home, that's kind of our easy place to serve big. We get excited about that. And, uh, and then it comes down to, um, to this next point, which is go home, serve big. And what happens when we get home from those mission trips? What happens when we get home from church? What happens when we get home after VBS? Um, 
On our, on our mission trip, I invited our students to think about one thing that they learned in the process that they could start to move into. Because there are so many things. Normally, um, maybe at a church service, you get four or five things that you think, oh, I don't know how to do all these. But if we do one thing, and, and an, especially on a mission trip, we get lots of inputs and opportunities to bring something back with us. So I suggested that they, they start with one thing that they focus on that God is already working on in them. What did he do in you? Bring that back. Whether that's to start a new ministry or to join a ministry or um, just to spend time with him on a regular basis, whatever it might be that, uh, that God is putting um, on your heart. And so I asked them what was the first thing they were going to do back when, when we got back because I'm kind of excited now. now we're gonna, they're going to do this. And, and all, almost all of them said, shower. <clears throat> We didn't get to shower every day while we were there. And then, then I was, well, what are you going to do next? Take a nap. Because we also didn't sleep very well. But, um, and, and so I said, okay, then what's next after that? And, uh, and a lot of the students had an opportunity to share some of the things that they wanted to do when they got home. Could it be serve your family or serve in your community or serve someplace where you, in a way that you've just served um, on the mission trip? Can you bring that back with us in some way? Um, that's the idea behind serve big, go home, and serve big. And I want to I look at some examples in Scripture, and, uh, and um, I'm going to I'm gonna paraphrase some of these because of, of lack of time here, but we'll go quickly. So I, I've got three examples that I want to share, and the first one is, um, is the transfiguration of Christ. And uh, if, you'll, if you look with me um, in your Bibles, you can turn to this, this page uh, or, or turn to this book, Luke chapter 9. We're going to be looking at, again, the transfiguration of Christ. I'm going to read from Luke chapter 9, verse 27 through 37. Luke 9. I tell you the truth. Some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went on to a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving, Jesus said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us Put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and enveloped them, and they, were, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice from the cloud came, saying, This is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and told no one at that time what they had seen. The next day, when they came down from the mountain, a large crowd met him. So, looking at this, this first, looking at this first example, Jesus pulls away from the crowds. First, there's, he, he talks about um, seeing the kingdom of God, and I think that's kind of exciting in this situation. Uh, some will see the kingdom of God, and, uh, and, and then all of a sudden, he's transfigured in, in their presence, and they get to see a glimpse of his glory, a glimpse of, of who Jesus really is. Jesus revealed himself. And they all go up and they have this mountaintop experience where Jesus does reveal himself and they get to see 
They get to see Elijah and Moses, these pillars of their faith. Holy smokes. I don't know how they recognized them. Moses probably had a big beard, but um, I, I don't know how that works exactly, but they, they knew who they were, and, and they got to see these guys. That amazing experience. Then this cloud comes, envelops them, and they hear a voice. How many times have you heard your name spoken and then go do something, or, or even just a word from God that is his voice? That was an amazing, amazing experience for these guys. And then immediately when these things happen, they come back down the mountain and they start serving again. What did Peter want to do? Peter wanted to stay. He didn't quite know what he was saying, but he wanted to set up some tents. Let's make some tents. We can hang out. We can stay here in this moment and, uh, and stay for a while. And Peter wanted to stay on that mountaintop, have that mountaintop experience. Um, but it, it, it was important that they go back down to the ministry that they were doing. I want to stay in that mountaintop experience too sometimes. Um, the, the mission trips are just, I mean, you get those amazing opportunities on those, uh, whether it be, no matter where it is that we're serving, a lot of times we like to stay in that moment and have that opportunity to be with God, um, just us and God. Um, I want this is kind of seemingly the eye of the storm for these guys because we look at uh, what they were doing. Here Jesus takes the disciples and he gives them all this amazing teaching and they're learning so much. And then there's miracles and, and people, people everywhere. Here, this, this storm of all these events that are happening and, and then they get this eye of the storm moment where it's just the teacher and the students and it's it's Jesus. It's not just any teacher. It is the teacher. They get to be in that moment with him. And then they come back and immediately it goes back to the amazing teaching again. And it goes back to the miracles. And it goes back to people, 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 this, this storm. So they kind of had a moment to be in the eye of the storm. Um, I want to give you an opportunity to see what it might have felt like to be in the eye of the storm or be in that moment. And, and some of us have already had it this morning. Some of us, have, you've had that. Eye. Maybe, maybe it's not chaos that you came from and that you're going to. Maybe, it's, um, maybe there's nothing that's, uh, that's difficult for you, but I want to give you just a moment to breathe deep in God. And so if you would for a moment, just, just picture what it was like for these guys to have the chaos that they came from and then go up to the mountain. They were terrified, don't get me wrong. They were a little afraid at this moment. But at the same time, they had this respite with Jesus. Just take a moment. Close your eyes. Go ahead. Close your eyes. And just take a deep breath. And now we'll get back to the chaos. No, that's not really what I, I meant to do. But we are going to move back into continuing on. What did that feel like? Oh, it, to me, it feels good just to slow down sometimes and be in God's presence. We have to come down from the mountain to make the impact. Sometimes the things that God gives us on the mountain are just for us, or maybe they're to share at a later time. But sometimes he gives us those, those experiences and opportunities that we would have the chance to share those all over the place. Um, so that's the first one that I want to share. The second one comes from our, uh, comes from our scripture from this morning, the scripture reading from this morning, Mark 5, 18 through 20. And I'm going to paraphrase or just share a little bit about this. So um, basically what happens in this story, there's a demon-possessed man, and uh, his, the demon is known as Legion. 
And so Jesus comes to this area, and immediately this guy, this scary guy, comes running up and screaming at the top, top of his lungs, kneels down at the feet of Jesus and says, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of God? What do you want with us? And uh, that, that moment, this guy had broken chains. He was half naked, maybe mostly naked. We don't know uh, exactly, but um, he, he, they couldn't contain this guy. This is a scary moment, and I can imagine the disciples being with Jesus saying, hey, we're behind you, way behind you. <laughs> Woo, this is, this is a creepy moment where this guy comes running up, and Jesus, uh, Jesus casts the demon out. We, most of us know the story, but I'm going to keep going on with it. He casts the demons, demons out into these pigs. The herd of pigs runs over a cliff into the water. They all die, and, uh, and the people in the community pretty much are terrified about what just happened. They're really scared, and so they ask Jesus to leave. So Jesus is getting ready to leave. I don't know that that's why he left, but he was getting in a boat to leave. And, uh, and, and our scripture comes up, and the man comes up that had just had the demons cast out of him, and he, he begs Jesus, I, I want to go with you on, on your missionary journey. I want to I be with you. And Jesus tells him, no, go home and tell what has been done for you. So he goes back and to the Decapolis and he starts sharing all the things and the people were amazed. I read one translation that said the people, the people believed because of his, his testimony. This is an amazing thing that he would go back. What an amazing story to have. Can you, can you imagine that story? Jesus freed me from demons, from myself, from my sin. And I got to tell the story about it. He had a life that was absolutely changed, and he served big at home with it. He went home, and he served big. He may not have been serving big in the earlier moments, but he was served big by God, and then he got a chance to go home and tell that story and to serve big there in his home. Um, one, one more that I want to hit on is the life of Peter. Peter, um, Peter meets Jesus... In, uh, in Galilee. We don't know exactly where it was, but we know that Peter was, uh, he was from either Bethsaida, which is kind of at the, the north side of the Sea of Galilee, or uh, Capernaum, and um, probably in between one of those areas, most likely. And so Jesus meets him kind of at his, his hometown in, in Galilee. And, uh, and like any good youth leader, Jesus invites Peter to go on a mission trip. Hey, Come follow me. It's going to be awesome. In fact, you're not going to fish anymore, uh, well, at least right now. You're going to fish for men. You're going to be a, a fisher of men. And so Jesus invites him to do this, and, uh, and, and Peter goes along on this, uh, on this amazing mission trip. Uh, Peter goes, and he serves big. And sometimes Peter got it right. Sometimes Peter did a great job. Sometimes Peter didn't quite get it right, and he had to have some correction. I think that happens to us on mission trips, on, on, uh, on, the, on the big serve. Sometimes we, uh, sometimes we get it right, and we hear God perfectly, and we're like, yeah, we're going to do this. And, it, and it's an, sometimes we've, oh, we've got to correct it just a little bit and make it this little bit different. Um, but here he's, he's on this, basically this mission trip. And after the mission trip, Peter goes home. Peter goes back to normal life. And one of the moments that we find Jesus coming back, um, he meets Peter. And like any good youth leader... You know, Jesus comes back to Peter and says, hey, what are you doing with what we've learned? Where are we going to go with this? And, uh, and Peter gets so excited, and like any good student, he puts on his clothes and then runs through the water and goes, okay, that's, it's a strange moment when this happens, um, but, uh, but Peter runs up, to, uh, runs up to Jesus, and he's the first one there, and he's, he's incredibly excited to see Jesus. 
And Jesus helps him to get back on track. From this point in Peter's life, he moves around a little bit. So the go-home theme doesn't quite fit necessarily unless we look at the church as his new home. The church would be built on Peter. Christ told him that. He would be the rock. And, uh, and, and now he's starting to move from place to place to place. He kind of starts out in Jerusalem, but he travels all around. And so the church has become Peter's home. The Bible promises us uh, in a couple of different places that when we are part of the church or we come home to the church, that we will be given an, a, a big extended family. You know, we're blessed if we've given up all these things to serve God because we're going to have, uh, and it doesn't say it exactly this way, but we're going to have mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers and cousins and uncles and aunts, and they're all going to help us in this new big family. And, uh, and that's sometimes... Again, the hardest place to serve is just right in our own families. So last thing that I'm going to go with here is how do we get there? How do we get to that place? We've seen the examples. What does that mean for me? Um, How do I get to that place in in life? Um, Tell others about what's going on in your life with God. What is God doing in you? What is God teaching you? Again, I've shared that sometimes those are meant for just you, so be discerning about what you share, but also sometimes they're meant to wait to share. So again, be discerning, but, but share whenever you can what God is doing in your life. That inspires others to be excited about seeing God do things in their life as well, and it helps you to remember um, that God is active in your life. Um, that's one of the challenges that I've taken on. If you feel like sometimes you, you don't have anything to share, Maybe you just need to take a respite to be with God. Maybe you need to find that eye of the storm for a little while and be in it. Um, take a personal retreat. And, uh, and again, just be with God. <clears throat> Maybe it's an opportunity that's saying, hey, you can get out there and serve. You can do these things and, um, and be able to share about them as well. So take, a t- take an opportunity to share what God is doing in you. Another thing you can do is to ask Ask yourself, ask this question, am I being selfish with my time? Am I taking all my time for myself? I was at a, a winter camp several years, this was about 15 years ago, with, uh, with a, lots of students were there, and um, we were having a great time. We'd come in from the snow, and uh, I was ready to have a hot chocolate and just kind of hang out and be warm, because I, I had been cold all day, and um, one of the students came up and said, hey, let's, we're gonna, all the guys want to go outside and have a snowball fight. And, and I was like, no. I, and I lorded, I lorded, this is what I did. This is not what a good youth leader would do. I lorded over them and I said, no, it's time to stay in now. And, uh, <clears throat> and so I had a student that called me out on that. And he said, you know, you're really in this for what's best for you, aren't you? And almost those exact words called me out. And I was like, wow, wow. He's right. And so we went out and had a snowball fight. Um, (laughs) It was was a good opportunity. But really, I was being selfish with my time. Even on the big serve, the big opportunity to go out and do something big, I was saying, yeah, but I want this time. Now, there are times, admittedly, when we need to be selfish with our time for God. If that's a time where you're doing a quiet time or you're doing, it's just you and God time, sometimes 
It's good to be selfish with those moments. That's okay. Um, but know that uh, we need to at least think about where we're at with that. So the other, the other thing that happened to me that helped me to see that even today I'm still doing some selfishness with my time. Um, so I was watching the, the Seahawks preseason game the other night, and uh, my son crawls up into my lap with a book, and he says, Dad, could you read me this book? And what was my response? Yeah, somebody said it after the game, son. And I felt good about that. Like, yeah, I'll read this book to you as soon as the game's over. It was a preseason game. Has no bearing on anything. And what's going to give me any reward at all? Not the Seahawks game, even if it's the Super Bowl. It doesn't necessarily mean anything compared to my son crawling up in my lap and asking me, can I read a book with you? I'm still working on it. (laughs) I'm still working on sharing my time. And so maybe that's a question we need to ask ourselves. Am I being selfish with my time? Another thing to do to help us to get there is to say yes to God. God probably asks us to do something every day or to just be with Him every day. Say yes to God. Even when you're tired, the disciples were tired in moments, and and they still would say yes to God. The disciples didn't agree with Jesus all the time and what He was doing, but they still said yes to God. I Say yes to God when you hear him say something, when you read scripture, when you have an opportunity to go and serve big and bring it back. Ask God, what's that one thing that you want me to work on at home? What's that one thing that you want me to serve big with when I get home? It doesn't, though, take a big event to make a big serve, to make a big impact. We can have a big impact just by a small service opportunity, just by saying yes in a small thing to God. Would you pray with me? God, thank you so much that you are here with us now. That God, you have put something on our hearts to take with us and think about. Lord, I don't doubt at all that there is something that you have provided this morning through what we've done in service to take out and serve big in our homes. Maybe that's the church. Maybe that's our family. Maybe that's our community. Wherever we're going to serve, God, I pray that we would take it, um, take your word into that space. Lord, we trust you that you are here. And Lord, we also, as we give of our tithes and offerings today, I pray that you would extend your kingdom with them. Use them for your purpose. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. I'd like to invite the ushers to come forward to receive the offering.